Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. Half the audience has always wanted to get a tattoo, but doesn't because they think, quote, I'm not that kind of person. I'm like, y'all, you can literally change your entire perspective of yourself by tomorrow. By tomorrow, you could have done something that you, you like can't even believe that you just did. And if you're like, well, Rachel, I'm the CEO of a major bank and I can't get, girl, like put that, get a little heart like Rachel did on Friends. Like you don't have to get a face tattoo. No one's asking you for that, but I'm asking you to have a holy shit moment. And you know what? If you're living through something hard, if you're living through something big, if you are on the other side of a messy breakup, if you just turned 55, whatever it is, You're already living through things in life that are hard. Why not live through things in life that are exciting because you chose them? Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Hi guys, it's Rach. Welcome to another episode of the Rachel Hollis Podcast. I'm glad that you're here. If this conversation finds you where it finds me, which is in the midst of December 2023, I hope that this will carry you through the end of this year with some intention and some hope and maybe a little fire in your belly. But this is the kind of conversation and the kind of deep dive into ourselves that we can take on at any point in the year, on any day of the week, at any age in our life, at any stage in our life, you can reinvent yourself. You can reset your life and decide that you're going to take an alternate route. That's the conversation that I want to have today. And I'm creating this episode specifically for any of you who find yourself around or inside of or just after a big life event. Maybe your youngest kid just went off to college. Maybe you've just changed jobs. Maybe you just got laid off. Maybe you just went through a massive breakup or you're inside of a very messy divorce. Maybe this conversation finds you right before or after a big birthday. For any of you who have something big going on in your life, then you'll understand that along with those changes in the tide come 
questions, if we're listening to our inner knowing, to our inner wisdom, if we're starting to question why we're on this particular path or why we didn't make that decision, or maybe your whole world has crumbled down around you and you have to rebuild, or maybe you're in the midst of deciding whether or not you will be the one to burn everything down and start again. These are a lot of really big life questions and decisions and thoughts. And so I thought that perhaps I could give you some things to think about and give you some direction when you find yourself in the midst of those seasons. And by the way, we can do a life reset. We can do a reevaluation and create a new plan on a random Saturday. It doesn't have to be that something big is happening. You could just find yourself in the midst of feeling like life is kind of stale, feeling like nothing is really happening or you've lost your spark or your momentum or your passion. All of those things are applicable to today's conversation. That is the why. If you are listening to this around the time that I'm making it, it's December. It's the end of a year. And in the past, I would do all of my New Year's stuff, all of my New Year's ideas, all of my content, everything that I would work on for New Year's goal setting, intention, choose your word, all that good stuff, I would typically do at the beginning of January. But then I thought that perhaps you guys are like me and you are already dreaming about what 2024 holds. Maybe you're not waiting until the first week of January because you understand that big life direction needs time to marinate. You need to be able to think it through and plan accordingly and really spend some time developing whether or not this is the right direction for you. So I'm bringing this content to you a little bit early this year in the hopes that it will help you begin to dream about what's next. But also, perhaps you come back in January and do a re-listen and a reevaluate after you've had a little time to think it through. But that's the why. Let's jump into the what. I have a lot of experience with reinventing myself. I have changed courses in my career. I've gone from working for someone else to starting my own business. I've taken that business from solopreneur to a small but mighty team to a massive company back down to a small but mighty team. I've changed course and direction with my mental health. I've made the decision to leave a very unhealthy marriage. I've fought to build my life and my business back and take care of my children. I've let go of relationships, friendships, family members. I have changed course and changed direction so often that it doesn't really scare me anymore. Once I know that something is no longer working, no longer serving my highest purpose or no longer aligning with my values or the person that I am now, it feels not easy to make hard decisions or let things go, but definitely more simplistic in that I don't debate it. Once I know for sure that something has to change, I will set about changing that thing because I would rather push myself into the hard thing to be able to get the result on the other side of that hard thing than to stay stuck in the mire. And I would rather do that based almost exclusively on history. By history, I mean that if you look back into your past, when I look back into my past, if you look back into yours, I guarantee that just like me, you can find a situation where you stayed in a place far longer than you should have. You stayed in a relationship far longer than you should have. You stayed in a job. You had a routine that stopped serving you. Maybe you had habits. Maybe you had coping mechanisms. I think we can all find examples in our life where 
when we started to question whether or not something was right for us, if we had made the decision then, we would have saved ourselves so much time, so much energy, so much emotion, so much money, so much pain. Like if we just would have made the decision when our intuition told us that the situation was wrong, rather than waiting a much longer time and not really getting anything out of it but more anxiety, more frustration, more negativity. Like we just would have saved ourselves a lot. So as we have this conversation today, just know that I'm sharing things that have worked for me, things that have helped me to change course. And there are things that I jump to much faster than I used to because I know when I know. When I was younger, I would debate it, right? I wouldn't listen to that still small voice inside of me telling me that something was wrong. But once you identify that feeling, it's so much clearer what you're meant to do next. So I'm going to take you on a little bit of a path today about what I have done in the past or what I know works really well when you find yourself in situations where you're trying to reinvent. But I actually want to start in kind of a funny place. If you are listening to this right now or you're watching it on YouTube and you are thinking to yourself, that's me, like I want to change everything or I want to change this big part of my life, I actually would love for us to start in a place that is maybe not something you're going to hear as advice from someone else. And that is before you do anything, before you unpack, before you plan, before you lay out your values, you do one thing that makes you say, holy shit. That's where I want to start. Now, if you joined me on podcast tour this last summer, then you heard me talk about this idea a lot. But for those of you who didn't get to come, let me just explain to you why I feel like having a holy shit kind of moment can change every single thing about the course of your life. A holy shit moment to me is one of those times, one of those experiences where you say to yourself or you think to yourself, holy shit, I cannot believe that I just did that. Probably the first time I ever experienced this was in my adult life when I ran my first marathon. And I did not grow up being an athlete. I did not grow up exercising. I was 52 pounds heavier than I am today. I'm 5'2", so I only share my weight to give you a concept of like how much additional that was on my frame. I was very uncomfortable in my body and I just felt clunky. I felt so clunky. And if you feel clunky, you know what I mean? The idea of running is the worst, right? Like it just feels hard. It's the opposite of fluid. All of that to say, I never thought that I would be a long distance runner. And I trained for my first half marathon and did it. And I could not believe that I had done that. It was so wild. And it was a like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. But truly, truly, there is this distinct moment in my mind the first time I ran a full marathon. That is 26.2 miles. It was so impossible in my head that I would be able to do something like that, that when I actually accomplished it, it changed something fundamental in me. It's why, by the way, I think every single human should do some kind of physical challenge that you don't think you could do. For me, that was a marathon. And when I crossed the finish line, I have a picture framed in my house of me crossing the finish line. And it is not out of a magazine, y'all. I, I look rough. I look rough. I am, my hands are over my head. I'm cheering. I look rough, but I am so freaking happy. And the amount of times in my life that I have gone back to that moment, that have gone back to mile 19, mile 20, mile 21, which felt impossible. There's all this stuff on the internet or like 
if you get a running coach or whatever, they'll like tell you, don't worry, don't worry. The, the marathon will carry you. It's a really common phrase. So when you're training for a marathon, you never actually fully train 26 miles. You train like 22. And they'll say, don't worry, on the day of the marathon will carry you the remaining, you know, 4.2 miles. Y'all, that marathon didn't carry anything. The grace of God, the, I don't even know what carried me. Miley Cyrus and her song, The Climb, that's what carried me across the finish line of the marathon. (laughs) It was so hard. It felt so impossible every single step. But when I finished, it wasn't like, holy shit, I can't believe I ran a marathon. It was, holy shit, I can't believe I ran a marathon. When I say you need a holy shit moment, you need to have a moment where you do something that you didn't think you could do. You specifically, what is something in your life that you've always been sort of interested in or you've thought about or you've daydreamed about, but you tell yourself, that's not for people like me. That's for my sister. That's for my cousin. That's for random people on the internet. That's for the social media influencers. That's for these people. That's not for me. You need to do one of those things. Now, you can train for a marathon. You can start your own business. You can go on vacation alone. You can start a conversation with a stranger at a hotel bar, assuming that you're not already in a relationship and that that's an appropriate thing for you to do. You can make up an entire tortured backstory, go and pretend to be a a completely different individual. You could do anything you want. You could get a tattoo. You could go out tonight and get a tattoo. You could do something before the end of this day That is your holy shit moment. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way, as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle, and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone, whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. Guys, no two listeners of the show are exactly alike, which means that no two vacations you take are going to be exactly alike either. And if you're looking for a place that will serve all of you, Texas has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities that allow for an infinite number of different travel experiences. I love Texas so much, I moved my family there for five years. Because here's the deal, Texas has it all. Are you a beach person? We got you. If you love a rugged vacation, not my jam, but there's plenty of campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. My favorite part about Texas the food. 
It is the thing I miss the absolute most. Whether you love barbecue or Tex-Mex or just want to be in cities that take their food very seriously. You can enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. I said this to people on tour all summer long. I would ask the audience, I'm like, let's play Never Have I Ever. And I would say, what is something that you have always wanted to do, but you don't do because you think I'm not that kind of person? I'm using air quotes if you can't see me. I'm like, I'm not that kind of person. I'm not a tattoo person. I'm not a ask the guy out kind of person. I'm not a go to dinner alone kind of person. And so I would ask the audience and they would raise their hand and something like tattoo, half the audience would raise their hand. Half the audience has always wanted to get a tattoo, but doesn't because they think, quote, I'm not that kind of person. I'm like, y'all, you can literally change your entire perspective of yourself by tomorrow. By tomorrow, you could have done something that you you like can't even believe that you just did. And if you're like, well, Rachel, I'm the CEO of a major bank and I can't get, girl, like put that Get a little heart like Rachel did on Friends. Like you don't have to get a face tattoo. No one's asking you for that, but I'm asking you to have a holy shit moment. And you know what? If you're living through something hard, if you're living through something big, if you are on the other side of a messy breakup, if you just turned 55, whatever it is, you're already living through things in life that are hard. Why not live through things in life that are exciting because you chose them? So I would love for us to start remapping our life, resetting our life, reinventing our life by establishing that you are whoever you want to be. You are not who they tell you you are. You are not who your parents want you to be. You're not who your partner wants you to be. You are not who the world wants you to be. You are who you choose to be. The problem for many of us is that we make those choices based on what other people would prefer. This is the daughter that mom and daddy raised. This is the husband that she wants me to be. This is the girlfriend that my girlfriend would prefer to have. This is the employee that my boss desires. This is the member of the congregation that the church would like best. We make decisions based on what will get us acceptance and love. And by the way, that is so human. That is so normal. That is going all the way back to cavemen and tribal times is you had to make decisions that would keep you safe. And being inside of a culture and being inside of a community is what kept us safe. But you are not hiding from a woolly mammoth anymore. You are living this very real life and you get one shot at it. So if we're going to reinvent ourselves and we're going to reimagine, do some stuff that you've always wanted to do and get to the other side of it and think, oh my, I'm the kind of person who signs up for half marathons. I'm the kind of person who goes to see Aerosmith by myself. I'm the kind of person who does these things. Because if you can begin to reorient who you believe that you are, the life that you can build for yourself and the path that you can build for yourself is so much cooler because it is a creation of your own design. So after you get a tattoo, that's number one. The second thing that I would love for us to talk about in terms of reinvention is that you stop beating yourself up. You stop beating yourself up. You come to terms and make peace with the decisions that you made that got you here. You make peace with the things that happened that got you here. You make peace with how you were hurt, who did what. You just make peace with it. And I don't even need to tell you what to make peace with because you know it. 
It's the stuff that you've been turning over and over and over in your mind that you keep coming back to, that you keep tearing apart, that you keep unpacking. And every time you revisit that same thing, every time you give it more energy, you give your power away. Here's how I want you guys to think about it. Where you place blame, you place power. Think about it for a second. Whoever you are blaming, including a younger version of yourself, that is where all of your power lies, which means that the bulk of your power is being wrapped up in the past. It's not being pushed towards the future. It's not being used in this present moment because you're placing blame. You're giving your energy away. And not only that, but if you're like me and you have obsessive thinking and you come back to the same thought over and over, not only are you giving energy away, but you're making yourself miserable. You're making yourself miserable and you're scaring yourself anytime you're inside of a situation that reminds you of that past experience. Now you're triggering yourself based on past decisions, which holds you up in this present moment and keeps you from making any moves. So we have to make peace with this. We have to forgive ourselves for the decisions that we made because I hope you can hear this. I hope you can really let this land today. Whatever decision you made was the best you could do with where you were at, period. If you could have made a better decision, you would have. If you had the emotional capacity, if you had the maturity, if you had the health, if you had the resources, if you had the knowledge, if you had a million other things, you would have made a better decision than you did. But you didn't. And that's okay. That is part of your process. That is part of this journey. That is the step you took on the path you are walking. And it only becomes a failure if you're too afraid to look at it and you are unable to learn and be educated by what came out of that process. I've shared this quote with you guys a million times on the show, and I don't remember who said it, but it's so freaking good, is when you can think about a past experience that used to really upset you. Every time you thought about that moment, that experience, that person, you got really upset. When you can think about that thing without emotion, it's now become wisdom. I freaking love this idea. Because what it shows me is that if I still have a strong emotional reaction to things that I'm thinking about or people or past experience, then number one, those things are still controlling me. And number two, I have not yet become wise. I have not yet become wise. And that is a value of mine. Wisdom is a value of mine, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But if I have not yet become wise about that person or that experience or that subject, and I'm still emotionally triggered by it, but unwilling to unpack it, unwilling to talk about it with my therapist, unwilling to let it go, unwilling to dot, 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 then I am in misalignment with my personal values. And you don't have to have wisdom as your own personal value, but I do think that you want a future that is better than your past, yeah? You want tomorrow to get a bit better than today. And every day after, you want it a little bit better and a little bit better. And if that is true for you, then we cannot allow ourselves to live in suffering about the past. Byron Katie has this great quote. She says, the best part about the past is that it's done. But it's not done if it's still haunting you in the present. So you have to make peace. You're not going to go anywhere if you were anchored to this spot. And many of us stay anchored to a past experience. We try and do all these other things. We try and overcome and get momentum and get motivation and New Year's resolutions and set the goals and whatever 
And you don't realize that you don't need a bigger goal pulling you forward. You need to cut the chains that are tying you to the floor so that you can really fly. So you have to start by letting go of what has happened. Stop beating yourself up. And the other thing I wanted to add to this is also just a reminder for whoever needs to hear it today. Nothing that is for you will ever miss you. To me, being healthy is really grounded in nutrition. Honestly, what I eat and what my kids eat is super important to how we live our lives. It's why I love a company like Thrive Market. Because Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories. So when I go online and I use their on-site filters, I can figure out exactly my lifestyle needs and trust that what I'm getting from Thrive Market is what I want to take into my body. When you join Thrive Market, you're also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. You can join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash rach for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash rach thrivemarket.com slash rach this episode is brought to you by progressive where drivers who save by switching save nearly 750 dollars on average plus auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I say this to my kids all the time, especially my teenagers. You know, they didn't get invited to the party or they liked a girl and she didn't like them back or they wanted this thing and it didn't end up coming to fruition. I'm like, buddy, nothing that is for you will ever miss you. I remember the first time I said this to my teenage son, he was like, what does that mean? Like, think about it. Think about a past experience where you really wanted something. All of you do this. Pretend you're my kid right now. Think about an experience in the past where you really wanted something and it didn't happen. And in retrospect, you're like, oh, thank God. Have you ever heard that phrase, your rejection is God's protection? Did you ever like really like someone in high school, really like someone in college, and then they never liked you back and you're so devastated. You're like, why am I not prettier? Why am I not thinner? Why doesn't he love me? And then later you're like, oh my gosh, that guy is a douchebag. He was the worst. Thank God he didn't like me because I didn't have the emotional maturity to have stood up for myself and he would have destroyed my little 15-year-old heart. Nothing that is for you will ever miss you. So if something is missing you, if the goal's not coming to fruition, if you're not finding your partner yet, if, if these things aren't aligning, it's because the timing is not right. It's because the universe has a bigger and better plan. It's because something is coming. And if we're going to celebrate and trust the process and the universe and God, if we're going to thank God every time something works, then we also need to have a similar level of faith and appreciation when it doesn't work. Because if it's aligned when it goes the way we want it to, you have to assume it's also aligned when it doesn't go the way you want it to. So. We've got to stop beating ourselves up. We've got to make peace. The next thing that you have to do when you're resetting your life, redefining your life, like all the things, 
is take ownership. I hope that you've been in my community for a while. I hope you've read my books or listened to this show. And so you know all about taking ownership of your experience. But if you don't, let me just let me just pitch you on this concept for a second. You are meant to be the main character in the movie of your life. You're meant to be the main character. Some of you are acting like the sidekick. Some of you are a supporting cast member in your mother's life story. Some of you don't even get lines. Some of you are living like you're an NPC, right? You're, you're, you're just sort of going with the flow. You're wrapped up in your, your jetsam. You're like going with the tide. You are supposed to be the main character. It is time that you start doing some main character shit. And if you want that experience, it looks like you taking ownership of all of it. And Girl, Wash Your Face, basically the entire book is about this, is the idea that if you are happy or if you are sad or if you are pissed or if you are angry or if you are bitter, it's on you. And I'm not sure that anything upsets people more than that because they can come up with all, no, but this person, I'm blaming this person and I, I the access and the resources. Yes, life is not fair. Life is not fair and it will kick the crap out of you and we do get hurt and we do have all of the, yes, all of those things are true. Them being true doesn't empower you. I am not taking anything away from how unfair, uneven, unjust, all of the negative things that exist in the world, those are real and true. But what I try and focus on in my life and what I know resonate and works is to focus on things that make you, you personally, listening to this, watching this video, that make you feel more powerful. By focusing on the things we can control, by focusing on our ownership of our life, we are empowered. If you keep giving energy and blame and believing that someone else is gonna come and save you, that someone else is gonna fix this, that someone else is gonna make this better, if you keep believing that, you are unable to make the right decisions for yourself, you can't establish the right habits, you can't make the right connections, you can't move forward freely because you're always waiting for the Calvary to come. There is no Calvary. It's you. You are the one who is going to change things for yourself, for the people you love, for your community, for your kids, for the world. You. This is one of the biggest secrets to changing your life is understanding, truly understanding that you have to take ownership of the experience. And the reason this is so hard to do is because taking full ownership of the experience means that you also have to take full ownership when someone else is in the wrong. Now, let me explain what that means. It means that you could interact with someone who's an absolute jerk. And by all, all the evidence says this person is a jerk. This person is a narcissist. This person is a monster. I got to work for this human and they're the worst thing ever and blah, 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 blah. And I have to because I have rent due and I got to pay for my car and I got Yes, that is factual and that is true. But extreme ownership of that situation says, you know what? This is the reality that I live inside of. They are this way. But me taking ownership of the experience means that I get to decide how I react to them. I get to decide what energy I meet them with. I get to decide whether or not they affect my attitude. That's what ownership means. Ownership means this happened to me. What am I going to do with it? 
Ownership says, I cannot control what the world throws at me, but damn, I sure can control how I react to it. Taking ownership of the experience removes from the equation your husband, your kids, your bestie, your sister, your mama, people on the internet, everybody else. It removes them from the equation and makes us remember that we are ultimately responsible for what happens. I had this man yesterday. Woo! Yesterday, I was in a grouchy place, okay? It was Sunday. I got four kids. Even if you have one kid, by Sunday evening, when the kids have been home all weekend, you've been with them, it's a lot, you're tired, you know, you just have the, can I, uh, some of you, I hope you're like giving me an amen. You get it. That was me. I was grouchy. And I went in my bathroom because this is like sometimes just the, the practice of like closing the bathroom door, just like letting myself have like a wall in between me and my kids. I just like needed a minute. And I was in there and you guys, I had every single thing in my head, every justifiable reason why I deserved to be pissed off about being a mom right then. Just stacking up this year and everything that we've lived through and how hard it is to do it and just there's never a break and just feeling over like just all the things and they're freaking justified. I promise if you were sitting here and you and I were having coffee and I was like, here are 10 reasons why I feel super overwhelmed and why I feel like it's so hard to be a mama and I just don't want to do it, you would be like, yes, girl, yes. Those are real. Those are hard. These are true. But you know what? In that moment, it does not serve me and it doesn't serve my children to indulge in all the negative, here's why I deserve to be grouchy right now. Because when I'm grouchy, when I'm pissed off, when I'm angry, if I'm dwelling in that, it doesn't make me feel better. It just sort of adds gasoline to a fire that's already burning. I'll just go deeper. I just get more emo. I don't go, okay, I processed it. And I'm like a tea kettle and the seam came off and now I'm fine. No, your girl does not do that. If I allow myself to start going down that rabbit hole, we'll get all the way in. And I know for a fact that on the other side of that tunnel is me being a worse version of myself to my kids which then is only going to make us all feel terrible, which is only going to make the night even worse. It just sets us up for disaster. So legit, I was in my bathroom, did some breathing, thought it through, and I did not want to. I did not want to change my attitude. I did not want to get happy in the same pants. You know, I didn't want to do that. But I literally looked in the mirror and talked to myself like my own coach and was like, we're not going to, no, we're not going to do this. You are so blessed. These kids did not do anything but be kids today. They were all tired. It's going to be fine. Let's find an activity that we can do that everyone can like feel good about. That's not going to stress us out. Let's make it easy. Yes, this is hard, but this is your life. This is your life. And I can complain over the things that are hard about it and I can complain over what life has thrown at me or I can change my perspective. I can take ownership, not of what's happening, but of my response to it and make some different decisions. So if you wanna change your life, you have to change who's in charge of it. Some of you think you're a grown-up and don't realize that because you know it would earn you more love and praise, you keep making decisions based on what daddy would prefer. Or mama, or your wife, or your husband, or your girlfriend, or society. The list goes on and on. You want to make change? Then you, the person who went and got a tattoo earlier, you are the only one who is going to make this life what you want it to be. And if life keeps going 
and it's not what you want it to be, don't you dare blame everybody else. Don't you dare. Because if you blame everybody else for your life not going the way you want it to, then you are completely disempowering yourself. You are powerful beyond measure. You are. So don't blame them because all that's doing is reinforcing to you that you have no will in this situation. Extreme Ownership, which I think is a book, if I'm not mistaken, by that Navy SEAL who puts the watch pictures on his Instagram every day. Uh, Jocko. Extreme Ownership is really freaking hard to do because it involves us challenging our ego and it involves us being humble and involves a fair amount of humility to stop blaming other people and take control of the situation. But what you don't realize is that when you stop blaming outside forces on your inside experience, your power just blooms. The next thing that you can do when you're trying to reset, redefine, lay out 2024, lay out the new year, figure it all out, the next thing that you can do and should do is to redefine your values and therefore your priorities. And I say redefine because whether you've laid them out systematically or thought through it or written them out in a beautiful way or have them printed on a scroll that's on the wall in your living room, whether you do that or not, you are living your values. It's very possible right now that you are living a life based on values that you have never considered before. But the choices that you make, how you spend your time, what you do in a given day or week, those are based on your values and your priorities. The food that you eat, the relationships you have, they're all based on values. And when we're starting to define what those values are or trying to make sure that we're living in a way that's intentional about our values, there's honestly so many directions that you could go. There's so many things that you can think through. But for me, I have found when I was starting out in this process, I was starting out in personal development, I focus on just one. Now, if you're further along, you could lay out three or four core values. You could have personal values, values for your family. In fact, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Stephen Covey has a whole chapter breakdown on how to figure out your values. But for me back in the day, when I was just starting to think about personal development, when I was really beginning to try and take ownership of my experience, I truly only had one thing that I could focus on. I had two little kids. I had a business to run. I was married at the time. I had a lot of responsibility. I know it's the same for you guys. You might not have my same life story, but I'm positive that you are just as busy and have just as much going on. And I find that when you have that much going on, if you try and all of a sudden add 50 new things to your life, you just overwhelm yourself. So I would love, if you've not thought about it before, to just think through what you want for the future. Think through the kind of person that you want to be and define one value that you can make the focus of 2024. For those of you who love to choose a word for the year, I think having that word be your core value that you want to work on is a fantastic way to pursue it. But back in the day, the first value that I defined for myself was growth. Growth, you may have heard me say a million times, is a core value of mine. I would say it is the most central force in my life. And in retrospect, it was a hell of a value to choose. Because if you say to God and the universe that you are here for growth, well, the universe will rise up to meet you and it will be like, okay, you want to grow? Now I'm going to put in your place 50 things that force you to stretch the full measure of your comfort zone so that you can grow into a new version of yourself. So choosing growth as a value now, 10, 15 years later, I can look back and see how that 
decision has really shaped me and helped me to become the person I am today. But to be totally honest with you, 10, 15 years ago, growth to me meant I'm going to read books that help expand my knowledge. I'm going to go to conferences, first business conferences, later personal development conferences. I'm going to sign up for a 5K. Basically, by choosing that value, it was just sort of this challenge to myself that if I saw something interesting that felt really hard or felt like I would be out over my skis or I would be in an uncomfortable place as I try to navigate it, that that was something I should pursue. And I have to tell you guys, that as a value, especially when you're trying to reset your life and redefine your life and figure out where you're going next, is incredible. Because with growth as a core value, you don't need to like make five billion dollars by the end of the year or you know take the business to the next level or find the love of your life having a value like that really reframes what can happen in a week or what can happen in a month or what you could choose to do as opposed to getting to an end destination values don't have an end goal values are what kind of person am i going to be and what kind of life am i going to lead based around this core philosophy. So for this number on my list, I said, you know, you've got to redefine those values. And that starts by unpacking, how are you living today? Are there parts of your life that you don't feel are a good representation of who you want to be in the future? And then based on those areas, is there a value that if you were living that with integrity, would actually force you to become the person you say you want to be. If you say that one of your values in life is health, but you're not being intentional about what you put in your body, you're not taking any supplements, you never get sleep, you've never had water, you don't go to therapy, you've not moved your body in six months, like it's not a value. In fact, I would say you can all day long talk about a value but your actions are actually the determination of what that value is. You could say, oh, I value health, but you're not doing anything to stay healthy. Well, you don't value health. You value comfort. You can talk all day, but your actions ultimately determine. It's why I say redefine your values and your priorities based on those values. If you want your value to be health, well, then your priorities around health must change in order for that value to be true. There are, like I said, people who are much wiser than I am and have done a ton of work about how you can define personal values or values for your relationship with your partner or values for a family, which I think is really cool. But the main gist of this is that you should start to think about what you want those to be. I love the idea of defining values, like I said, because it's just simple decisions you can begin to make inside of each day that help you to be more aligned with who you are becoming. Once you have defined the values and the new priorities based on those values, just be mindful that talking the talk and walking the walk and doing the things you say you're going to do and having these newly aligned values will require that you remove things from your life. Who was it? Uh, Bruce Lee, I think, said to hack away at the unessential. If you decide that you are headed in a direction, you decide I am committed to growth and I want to do that in all areas of my life to the fullest of my capabilities. If you say that, it will mean that certain parts of your life must be removed that don't align with that vision. How many of you are still hanging out with the people you've been hanging out with for the last 10 years and you know in your heart that they are a bad influence on you, you know in your heart that when you are around them, you become a worse version of yourself, but you keep going back to the same thing over and over and over and you wonder why you're not living a life with purpose. Because some of the biggest influence you have in your life lacks purpose. Again, I go back to what are you saying that you want 
And what are your actions that align with it? And just understand, like I said in the beginning, when we define where we're going, we're trying to get aligned with that vision, right? We're trying to line up so that it's a clear shot or at least a simpler shot for us to head in the direction that we want to go. And that will mean that other things have to fall away. And often those things that have to fall away get more and more difficult to let go of as we get closer to the goal, right? In the beginning, it's like, well, I want to be healthy. Well, fantastic. I'm going to eat more greens and drink more water and move my body. Like when you're not taking any action that gets you closer to the goal, then any action gets you closer to the goal. Do you know what I mean? Like the bar is so low. All the fruit is low hanging in the beginning. But the closer you get to where you want to go, the more difficult it is to make those decisions. The higher you have to climb in the tree, the more people you have to be honest about, you know what? They're really fun. We've had a lot of good times, but I know in my heart of hearts that this isn't the right thing for me and I have to make a decision to leave. Or, you know, I have these personal values and this is who I want to be and this company does not align with that. I can't be in this business because this isn't appropriate for me to be here. Years ago, I was working at Miramax Films. And this was at the very beginning of my career. I was probably 18 or 19 years old. And there was some movie premiere where the after party was at the Playboy Mansion. Okay? I mean, so random. And again, I was 19. So this was like... 21 years ago, 22 years ago almost. And at that time, we knew less about the world. And I think that the Playboy Mansion seemed like pretty glamorous to me. And like, oh, I want to at least see that. I I would I would challenge that many people in that scenario, like, hey, we have an extra ticket to this party. You're 19 years old. Do you want to go? I go to the Playboy Mansion and There's a lot of people there from work that I know. And one of them was like not a full executive, but like a manager or something at Disney. And Disney owned Miramax, so it made sense that their executives would be there. I was sort of looking around, just FYI, parties at the Playboy Mansion are super gross. It was not at all glamorous or what I thought it would be. It was just sort of like sleazy. And part of this party which was a movie premiere after party. So it was like all kinds of cool stuff, but they have a bunch of women who were like swimming in the pool. And it was like part of it, right? They paid Playboy bunnies to like wear bathing suits and like be in the pool having fun. Yay, look at us. It was like a thing. It's so gross in retrospect. And also knowing what we know now about Miramax, not not that far out of left field. In any event, I show up, I get a drink, I'm standing in a circle of people and I'm like, pretty skeeved. And there's an executive guy that I know from Disney. And he's standing in a circle talking to my boss. And we're all there. But I can't really listen to this conversation because I can't just, I keep just staring at these girls in the pool who are like fake having a great time. It was so weird, you guys. At some point, one of the guys in the circle like says something to me, just like, you know, how's it work? How's it going? Whatever. And I didn't really hear him. And then I realized they were all looking at me. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I just keep thinking like these women were little girls once. I just keep thinking like they have mamas and daddies and they have lives. They have all of these things. And yet they are here being entertainment in bathing suits in a pool at the Playboy Mansion as entertain, it was just, I was just baffled by what I was seeing. I'm very much a country mouse. And the guys are like, oh, Debbie Downer, you know, they're just like, okay. And I stay a little while longer and then I just end up leaving because I'm like, this is weird and I'm skeeved out. And clearly, this is not a party that's built for me. It's built for like these dudes here. Years later, years, I run into one of the guys that was standing in the circle that day. And He says, hey, oh my gosh, how are you? We're catching up. He's like, I've always wanted to tell you that I was standing in the circle at the Playboy Mansion that day 
when you said the thing about the women in the pool and you said, I just keep thinking that they have mamas and daddies. And he's like, you said that and I got sick to my stomach because I have a daughter and she was little at the time. She was like two or three. He's like, I remember getting invited to that party and just thinking it was the coolest thing. And that, wow, the, you know, just like everyone else, right? You want to see what it's all about. He said, you said that, and I thought, this is not who I am. He's like very involved in his church and his faith, and he's like, I forgot it for a minute. And you said that thing to me, and I remembered that this was not aligned with the person that I want to be. And he's like, you never knew this, but you said that. And I put my drink down. I walked away. I got my car and I drove home. And he's like, I always hoped I'd run into you so I could tell you that story. And I still think about how wild, number one, just moments like that are where we realize in an instant that we are misaligned. And not only do we realize we are misaligned, but we make a decision to line ourselves back up. Because how many of us realize we're misaligned, but we don't want everyone else to judge us. We don't want to do the uncool thing. We don't want to do the thing that will create tension or friction. So we just keep going along with it. But resetting your life looks like you know, going up high above the path and figuring out where it is you want to go. And then being conscious along the way of anytime you step off the trail, right? Anytime you step out of the placement that you want or the direction that you're heading or the things that don't look like something your future self would do. I've been thinking about a lot lately, my hero, you know, you ask that question, you ask it to little kids, or sometimes you get it in an interview, like, who's your hero? And I have a new answer, and I'm really excited by this answer. You know who my hero is? My 90-year-old self. My 90-year-old self is the woman I want to be. My 90-year-old self has done incredible things, was an amazing mama, has created legacy my nine-year-old self has helped people, changed communities, created great things, lived well, had adventure, continued to grow, continued to flourish. My nine-year-old self is my hero. I'm inspired by her. I want to be her. And I like to think that in some sort of space-time continuum that our future self is our guiding principle, is our guiding light, is our guardian angel, is that voice that whispers, keep going, stand back up. You've got this. You're capable. You're strong. And the reason that the voice knows is because the voice was you once upon a time. Maybe it's a fantastical, silly thought, but I like it a lot. And it helps me stay connected to where I'm going and who I want to be. So as you start out on this journey of redefining your life, of figuring out what your new goals are, of figuring out the plan to help you get there, just stay connected to that as your North Star. Who is it that you want to be? Who is it that you're going to be? Make decisions that push you closer to that ideal. That's never going to steer you wrong. We go off course when we make decisions based on fear from something in our past. I'm wishing you joy in the journey as you head wherever you head next. I'm glad to be with you. I will be back soon with more conversation. If this episode was helpful, I would so appreciate if you'd consider sharing it on your social media or sharing it with a friend. The podcast will always be available to y'all for free. And the only thing I ask in return is that you get the word out and let people know when there was a nugget in it that you really dug. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad that you're here. And until I talk to you next time, as always, I love you and I'm rooting for you.
The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble. Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis. Felt like I was trapped between a rock and a hard place. Then I started Cosentix. Cosentix Secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe black psoriasis, 300 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org.